Dan Lanning says no thank you to Alabama. Dabo hasn't said a word. Still more to come about who could be the new Alabama coach. But the ripple effect from the transfer portal, a lot of Alabama players saying, see, it never could that be good for some of your ACC programs. Where should they potentially land if they're trying to find a new four to five star home? We'll talk about all of that on today's show, as well as a big dub from the Tar Heels leading the ACC. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere that you tune in in the audio world. But more importantly, when you see our visuals, it is always on YouTube where you can subscribe to the channel and interact with our community. Got a good episode for you today as we talk through the coaching changes that have happened over the past 48 hours. It's been a lot going on in the football world. And now we're going to also give you some inside look at hoops. So make sure you tune in all the way towards the end of the show. But as mentioned on yesterday's episode, Nick Saban is out at Alabama going to retire. Got a little bit older. So you know what? I'm all set. Bill Belichick is mutually parting ways from the New England Patriots. There are a lot of coaches that are making a lot of moves. Who knows where we're gonna, what's going to happen? Oregon's Dan Lanning was allegedly in Tuscaloosa, but came out with a video on social media today saying he is not going to Alabama. He is staying right there in Oregon, but we haven't heard from Dabo, although Kenton knows what some of their fans think around Dabo potentially coming to the Crimson Tide. You know, there were a group of fans standing outside of Nick Saban's uh, statue in Tuscaloosa chanting, anybody but Dabo. I kid you not. This is not, I am not making this up. This is legitimate stuff from a, a newscaster in the Tuscaloosa area's broadcast. Anybody but Dabo is what they were screaming and chanting. It's, it's still up on social media right now. You can literally Google any, or not Google. If you're on Twitter, you can search anybody but Dabo. It was trending. So, you know, um, yeah, Crazy times no, there. Time. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We know that Dabo might not be a fan favorite in Tuscaloosa, but it still very much could be a thing. He hasn't come out and said, "No, I'm staying at Clemson. I'm doing the damn thing. I'm going to ride this out to the sunset." Quite like Dan Lanning, and you know, Dabo's not there. What would that mean, and how would that shake up the ACC? Remains to be seen. There's other coaches, Mike Norvell, who came out, uh, didn't come out, but there have been conversations around whether or not he would be a good fit. A lot of people say he's not leaving, but we did do a community question yesterday on YouTube asking our fans who they thought would be the most likely to leave for Bama, and Kenton has those lovely results. Give it to us the breakdown of the reasoning, Kenton. Absolutely. So we gave the poll. Is there an ACC coach you could see replacing Saban? If so, who? The answers were Mike Norvell, Dabo Sweeney, Jeff Halfley, Pat Narduzzi, other. And the results break down as follows. Dabo Sweeney with an astounding 69%. Mike Norvell with 17%. Other with 12%. 
Narduzzi with 1%. I'm sorry, Narduzzi with 2%, Halfley with 1%. And we saw, don't count out Cristobal either. He has the Alabama connection. Uh, we have one person picking Mike Norvell. We have another person uh, who jokingly wrote in Tyler from Spartansburg. And we have a last person who said Elko. So he is no longer an ACC coach, folks. He is an SEC. All good. People were trying to try, trying to be on our train from yesterday when we said maybe Elko jumped the gun a little bit by going yeah. to Texas A&M and not staying and maybe mm-hmm. taking the Bama job. But crystal ball was an interesting bring up in terms of other selection. What right. would you think about Mario maybe turning the tide and going down Tuscaloosa? Not to say I, we think it's going to happen, but I think the question is about his big game ability. Yeah. I think that's the question. We know he's a stellar recruiter. We know he can get the talent in. He did it at Oregon. He did it at Miami, all that good stuff. Can you get it right in the biggest moments? You know what I mean? And and can you not make small moments big moments? As we saw against Stanford when you were at Oregon, as we saw against Georgia Tech at Miami, can you make the small moments? Just take the knee, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, can you do that? I don't – the thing is, Miami is technically – in that space where I, I say this all the time, there are 10 to 15 teams in America that winning eight games a year is not enough. It's not enough. Bama is one of those teams. Absolutely. Miami, they're kind of sort of one of those teams where eight wins a year isn't enough. And because they have championship history and pedigree. And so it's just a much more ratcheted up version of that pressure at Miami at uh at alabama you know to to come into that job it's like uh i said on another podcast earlier today it's like trying to be the next person who dates vanessa bryant like you have a very very high bar to get over and it's it's not going to be an 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 easy task being the following up act of the guy who has the most national championships in college football history and whatnot like that's that's a tough tough ask well, I don't think anyone is going to be Nick. And I think that's probably going to be the first three sentences out of someone's mouth who ever does land the job. Like, I'm not here to replace greatness. I'm here to just continue, you know, success and excellence. If y'all want to write that, I need, if you want to need a ghostwriter, I'm right here. But I do believe that, you know, maybe there's a difference in who you bring up as a staff, right? You elevate the play, you can elevate the pay, you can bring in the top quality people that help, you know, bring along and sort of develop your groups that, you know, collectively come together and give you, you know, a top-notch team, which maybe Mario would be able to do, you know, if he takes the job. I mean, that's that's possible. and, And you're absolutely right, right? Like you can't, the reality is, you know, it's not really a one that got away because Nick Saban was there forever in a day, but still you can't compare the next person to that person or else you're, you're going to be cooked forever. Right? Like if, if you have everything in somebody and for whatever reason it doesn't work out or whatever, you can't compare them to the next. You, you can't compare the next to them. And say, oh man, they don't do that. They don't do that. You're going to be cooked. You're going to be cooked in any way you cut it and slice it. And so that's what we're looking at here. Just know whoever comes in next, not going to be Nick. You're probably not going to see that same sustained level of success. The transfer portal has made the world different. So it's easy. It was easier when Saban first got there. When you look at how many guys transferred out of that program and went on to be stars elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like it was a very, very limited amount. And you could say that nationally, how many players transferred into other schools and became stars, as opposed to the world we're looking at now, where players transfer all over the place all the time. 
and go on to become stars. So it's hard to keep good get good depth on those teams. And, and you know, regardless of how many four or five stars you get, at a certain point, players are going to want to go play. And that's they're going to want starting uh, starting snaps. They're going to want starting receptions. They're going to want, you know, starting coverage opportunity, whatever it is. Starting carries, they're going to want that. So it's it's a new world. It's a different world. But this is a tough, tough shoes to walk into. Well, I guess I would wonder and just curious of thought of like, you know, you want someone you want guys who want to buy into your system. And back then you used to have time. Only reason why I feel like Dabo is not going to ever take this job because the window with which he could have, you know, had guys come to three to four years, stay with him, win multiple championships. I feel like that ship is sort of sailing for college football in general. Like you're just going to get a new crop free agency like team every year, similar to the NFL where it's anybody's game, anybody's opportunity. And it's not necessarily like these year, year, year over end um, wins. But I also am just curious what kind of coach comes in under this new sort of regime system mindset of college football coaching and is able to execute in a way that is similar to an NFL style. Right. Do you get the young gunner? Do you get someone who's fully experienced to come next? Like, how do you pick, you know, in in a world where it really just doesn't look the same anymore? I think the biggest thing is to kind of. I think the biggest thing. And I know people aren't going to want to hear this. The biggest thing is to let Saban pick the replacement. So that way, if Saban picks and it doesn't work out, you're like, oh, well, we gave it to the guy who won the thing. We told him, pick who you want as your uh, as your successor. And his successor just didn't work out. All shucks. What are we going to do? Mm. It doesn't matter if you get an old school, tough, hard nose. You know, hey, we're going to do things my way to highway coach. Doesn't matter if you get a players of players coach that's just like, oh man, I'm you know super excited to to get these guys going, and I work with these guys. They don't work for me. Doesn't matter what type of coach you get. At the end of the day, the biggest thing is, regardless of who you get, the only way that I see a win coming out of this for Bama is to kind of have that situation of, hey, he picked them. If it didn't work out, it's not on us type deal. Um, so, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Sure. Let's talk more about you know, the ripple effect of Bama and what it looks like now. But first, I want to remind you that we have friends here at Game Time that definitely want to help you with your ticketing experience. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to save you money on tickets. With Zone Deals, you pick the selection and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or in row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKED ON for $20 off. Download the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Kenton Gibbs and I talking through some coaching changes around the ACC, around college that could potentially affect the ACC. We know that, you know, Bama has some four to five star recruits coming out of that thing. And once you hear that the greatest coach of all time, arguably, is leaving, you say to yourself, hey, we've we've, we've used the transfer portal pretty good, but there's nothing like a Bama transfer that may make our team even better. If you're an ACC coach, Ken, and you see some of this movement happening, how quick are you on the phone to get some of these guys to maybe make that make that trip to your respective school? Immediately. 
But immediately, you can't wait. You can't delay. You got to. Here's the thing, okay? You have to swoop in like a vulture. For those of you who've never seen a vulture eat food before, they don't like wait for the roadkill to be dead for like hours and hours on end. There's literally a saying that the vultures are swirling when things are dying for a reason. You know why? Because as soon as that heart take that last beat, and sometimes even before that, that vulture's trying to eat. Guess what? If you're trying to get the best players out of this program, and I see you wincing a little bit, so I'm going to stop talking about animals eating other animals. But uh, the reality is, as soon as as soon as Saban, as soon as I heard about that 4 p.m. Uh, 4 p.m. emergency meeting, I legally, legally cannot reach out to any player that's in the portal. And of course, I'm Kenny Gibbs. I'm a rule-following guy, a law-abiding citizen, if you will. But my players played with some of their players. At least normally that's how it works, right? Football powerhouses produce players that go to schools like them and all that. Hey, listen, go get on the phone with such and so from over there. Hey, didn't your quarterback go over there? Hey, didn't your Mike Linebacker go over there? You know, we looking thin at Mike Linebacker. We got to, you know, we, we got to replace a Cedric Gray. You know, we just go on and have a conversation. You know, we, hey, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, and, Another Peyton Wilson ain't walking through that door. Let's come on now. Hey, hey brother, we ain't got another Jared Verse just waiting. Okay, go get him. Go get him. Go talk. Get your boy on the phone and don't hang up till he say he at least coming to visit. How about it? <laughs> Fair enough. And I and I agree. I think you do whatever needs to be done in order to just entertain the idea of having that kind of type of talent. And yeah, you know, I yeah. think also having Saban say that he's staying around, they're gonna keep him in office similar to the way that Roy has has maybe still an office in Chapel Hill. I don't know how that well that works, but you know, whatever have you. I think that it's, it, you're silly if you don't make the call. And I know Florida State has made the call already. I know they've seen some guys at Colorado. I've seen some guys already decommit from Alabama just because, you know, their coaches are leaving or looking other places. And hell, who knows how the coaching tree is going to look like because, you know, other people are taking new opportunities with whoever comes in next. And, of course, they always bring in their guys. So right. there's a lot that's going to go down between now and spring camp, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and at the end of the day, the, the reality is very simple. I don't want to hear anybody saying, well, you know, our teams are good without those guys and we don't need any of those guys. I'm not saying that, hey, Bama is infallible and, and, you know, their players are the best thing since sliced bread. But I'll tell you this much. At the end of the day, that was a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good of a coach you think Nick Saban is. As the old saying goes, it's not about your X's and your O's. It's your Larry's and your Joe's. And they got some damn good Larry's and some damn good Joe's over there. So in the words of Travis Scott, pick up the phone, baby. I know you're home, baby. You better make those calls to get you your your next star or get you your next. Even if it's not a star, get your next key piece that's going to win you ball games out of the portal. You know, you've seen teams that have attacked the portal well. You've seen those teams in the ACC in particular have immediate success. And we've seen teams that have been traditional powers that have fallen from grace in some respects because they're not getting into the portal. So, I mean, I I think that these guys could be just amazing pieces in different uh, programs throughout the ACC. A thousand percent. Well, in other news, we got to switch gears and talk a little basketball. We know that it's that time of the year. And of course, I get to talk about my favorite team. So I'm excited 
But the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use, and there are many different bets. Live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make Parlay Hub best way to find popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a good one. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Hoops is here. The best team in the ACC on the men's side would be the men of Chapel Hill. After a big win against NC State last night, where NC State was defensively swarmed, if you will, wasn't the best showing for them offensively. And, you know, it's tough because you are playing at home. You have the crowd behind you and all the good vibes. It just didn't seem to materialize for the pack and Coach Keats last night. Not sad about it. It was a good birthday win. Those boys put up so many bricks. Franklin Saint would be proud. (laughs) I mean, for Christ's sake, NC State could not hit the broad side of a barn if they were standing outside it. But credit to Carolina, they did play an excellent game defensively. You know, you look at uh, holding both Baycott and R.J. Davis well under their uh, regular season averages and all that. You hold the ACC's leading scorer to a very inefficient shooting night. And lo and behold, what still happens here, right? State still comes up with a loss because they could not score, and therefore – North Carolina is on top of the ACC, just as many people saw coming in the beginning of the season. Did they see it? Because I feel like a lot of people gave up on North Carolina going into the season. I mean, I'm, I'm, I say that sarcastically, but also we know that you know, as UNC goes, the conference goes in terms of if UNC is having a bad year, the ACC is terrible. They're not a good conference this year when UNC is good. Yeah, the ACC, ACC basketball is back, baby. They're playing great ball down there in ACC country. Well, uh, it's nice that we can do our part. Duke sitting at 3-1 and one as well, so it feels like everyone is sort of, you know, whoever the Blue Bloods are, everyone has good vibes towards them, and we're making, you know, everything shake a little bit. But I will say it's – very telling of who North Carolina is right now in terms of your best guys not being on their A game and still being able to find ways to win, having some of your freshmen step up in big ways, yeah. knowing how to play your part. It's not the Armando Baycott show, but he's doing just enough, right, to get things going. Wasn't the only good game, though, that we saw from a lot of our teams. Virginia Tech took down Clemson, number 21 Clemson, 87-272, and you know, you tell yourself you want Clemson to be in the conversation. Every time you feel like they are on the right path, they get taken down by the, another ACC foe, which, you know, you can look at multiple ways. Anybody can get it on any given night here in the ACC. Or yeah. you can say to yourself, you know, Clemson, what are we really doing? And, you know, I think the biggest thing about – I think the biggest thing about Clemson losing this game is that, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Clemson's terrible and, you know, they shouldn't have lost that game and all that good stuff. But the reality is they're just having a very tough stretch right now. This happens sometimes in basketball. You are going to have moments where your shots just don't fall. You know, I talked about NC State having one of those nights against UNC. They're just stringing together back-to-back games where they're having a very tough time, 0-3 in their last three at the moment. Clemson has to right the ship because at the end of the day, you do you do not want to be a two-bid conference, two, three-bid conference. And even beyond that, there has to be – there has to be more teams who are prepared or who are who are 
carrying the conference brand per se. And if Clemson turns out to be a dud, then you're looking at Duke, UNC, and who else exactly? Like you, you need multiple teams to show up and and do good things night in, night out. But again, credit to Georgia Tech. Hats off to them. You know, we're not about to sit here and, and Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, Virginia Tech. Credit to Virginia Tech. Hats off to them. We're not about to sit here and discredit those guys and act like they didn't do anything to win this game. I mean, at the end of the day, Sean Padula was absolutely insane last night. You really can't ask for more than a guy going not only for 32 points, seven assists, four steals, four rebounds, but also 56% from the field, six of 10 from three. Mm-hmm. That'll do it. That's enough. <laughs> That's, you know, that'll get that'll get you a win. Yeah, 100%. Let's move gears and talk about Louisville and Miami. We said this past season, you know, if there's one team you can't afford to lose to in the ACC, it is Ooh. Louisville. But Louisville went to Miami, ran into their trap, took over their trap, Got their first ACC win on the year and is now looking to start their streak, right? And not saying give up on Coach Payne just yet, right? But mm-hmm. losing to Miami, I mean, losing to Louisville is always going to be tough. Miami definitely would want that one back. I want to give you all some interesting stats about mm-hmm. Kenny Payne, okay? <laughs> he took over as the head coach last year was his first season, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny Payne has two two-game win streaks in the in his history as a head coach at uh Louisville it's Western Kentucky and FAMU last year and earlier this year they beat New Mexico State in overtime and Bellarmine ladies and gentlemen of the jury <laughs> Miami you look a little crazy Money not going to yeah not going to lie to you yeah. last year they found a way to beat Georgia Tech and Clemson Two teams that, I mean, neither one of those teams made the tournament. One of them had a new head coach by the end of the year. Okay? Um, Miami, I know y'all not going to fire Lord Nagel, but some hearts, Larry, hearts need to be had. Sure. And I think Larry Nagel certainly has sort of that Leonard Hamilton vibe, right? You've done so much to make this, you know, basketball-relevant program and really pour it into what this used to be, which was nothing, to make it sort of viable. You get – all the way to, you know, the Final Four, you know, all the things, all the vibes, all the vibes. What was the Final Four last year? Delete Eight. I can't remember. I, uh, I, believe, I believe it was the Final Four. Yeah. You get far enough, right? So you can't give them too much. There's a lot. There was a lot of great guys on that roster, but there are a lot of guys who returned. So I think Miami just needs to throw this one away, call it a day. So it's a long season, but they can certainly bounce back. Now, Judah Mintz didn't start, but he certainly gave uh, Boston College a run as Boston College, Boston College took another L, losing 69 to 59 to Syracuse. Not sure why Judah didn't start, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it's speaking to what Syracuse is trying to be is a very more, much more consistent team this season and a good W against a good Eagles program certainly is a way to do it. Yeah, and I, I think that this is again, this is a team that when I talk about, hey, you have got to figure it out. You have got to come along. You have got to be better than you were in the past. I think that this is a team that fully embodies that. I'm I'm looking around the ACC and talking about all these games that happened last night. And in terms of, hey, somebody has to win or this is a must-win game in terms of if you want to be taken seriously and if you want to be a, a relevant team, 
that's what we saw out of out of this team last night. We saw a team that was determined that said, hey, whatever happens, come hell or high water, we've got to find a way to get a win against Boston College, which is what they did. I mean, at the end of the day, that would have been a real ugly loss, a real black eye for Syracuse, a team that's trying to find their way, that's trying to navigate this post Bayheim era. That would have been tough. That would have been a real tough loss. A thousand percent. Let's get into some of the women action. We know as the time of the recording, we have some games that are underway, but we'll touch mm-hmm. on them and sort of preview some others. Louisville and Pitt is at the half with 33 24. 32-25, Louisville leads the Pittsburgh Panthers, and I think that Louisville, top 15 program, certainly just needs to keep the momentum going. But Pitt definitely is one of those scrappier teams that you just never know how those ladies are going to shake out. Very highs, very much lows when it comes to them, and I think the consistency. It hasn't always been there the past couple of years, but Louisville certainly you know, can get a good W with this one. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, we talk about ACC women's basketball carrying the banner. That's not a joke. Yeah. That's not a joke. Just in tonight's action alone, we are seeing six ranked teams play. Yeah, We're seeing this Louisville team. We're seeing uh, North Carolina and, and Florida State play. We're seeing NC State. We're seeing Notre Dame. We're seeing um, Virginia Tech. You're seeing so many teams that are all the creme de la creme of women's basketball playing just tonight. Yeah, This is, you know, this is a, a very, very serious deal here. And you cannot sleep on any of these teams because how many times last year did we see those unheralded or unranked teams come out and smack one of our better teams upside the head? This Pitt team has every intention of doing so. Louisville knows better than to take their foot off the gas late. Florida State is not taking their foot off the gas right now, beating North Carolina 41 to 26. And I just, every time North Carolina gets any sort of like good vibe, it seems to be taken away, but I want to, I'm just going to be honest. The person who I think is having the roughest season and in women's basketball. Don't say it. Right. Don't say it. I, Don't say it. Cause like, listen, her name was already in some drama last year. The regression and, is crazy. 60% from the free throw line. It's hard. Deja Kelly. You got the fundamentals is what's killing me. Like some stuff you can regress from. Like it's just, you know, maybe you use a lose a little, you know, hitching your giddy up but like not being able to do some of the fundamental things that you know is going to take you to the next level that's when it becomes problematic for me and i think the biggest problem that i'm seeing right now you're getting beat by a florida state team whose stars are not starring Mm -hmm. latson started off with three straight 30 point games in the acc do you know how many points she has at half here six Six points. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, two. She has two points. Okay. Here's the worst part. Michaela Timpson is the other star. She's the star in the front court of that team. Do you know how many points she has? Four. They are combining for six, her and and, and Timpson. And yet you're trailing by 15? Lord forbid if you go on a run and then all of a sudden Latson says, oh, I guess there's still a game to play. Let me go ahead and get these girls bucket. Come on. Yeesh, this is, a, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. It just pains my heart so much to see Tarnas I mean, get slapped around like this. Oh. It's also tough because I think it's getting exposed about the game. Just Her game really is just to me, me, to me, a little one-dimensional. And mm. I feel like it's just getting truly exposed this season as opposed to others. And, you know, when you have that sort of loyalty to one of your best players to ever come through, I think you definitely want to keep them in. But – I'm not saying I'm sad. I'll be sad when she goes on to her next, but I think it's time to see some of those those young guards get theirs. Here's, I mean, 
as much as the criticism, as much as Deja Kelly is the leader, therefore she will get so much praise and so much criticism. I also think that Courtney Bankhart did not do a great job of surrounding her with help. Like, let's just be very Oh, we're not doing that because Kennedy Tyler Williams definitely was the best compliment to ever grace the Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, and is Kennedy Todd Williams in the room with us now? And why isn't she? Because we made she ain't no diva. Is, is she in the room with us now? Let's talk about Daisy <laughs> Kelly right now is five for 13 in the game. Do you know how many shots the rest of her starting lineup has hit so far? Tell me. Five. Have they been allowed to because she passed the ball? They're five of 19, Candace. Has she been allowed to because did she pass the ball? They're five of 19. They don't have their shots. Let me go watch the second half so I can tell you. But Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is I just, I'm ready. I would never say, I would never say free a Tar Heel. I would never say that. However. Kennedy Todd got free, so I'm happy for my dog. However, maybe get Daisy some help or don't. I'm not mad at you. I'm she not, not, not. This is her last. She out here, so we don't even need help. Let's just get through. Let's just get through. For sure. Okay. For sure. NC State will take on Virginia later tonight. Syracuse beat Wake Forest. Boston College will take on Notre Dame. Clemson will take on Georgia Tech, and Miami will take on Virginia Tech. So again, as Kenton mentioned, really great games with some top twenty-five play. And all in all, like we always say, the women are certainly leading the pack. No pun intended. When it comes to hoops. Yeah, and I'm very interested to see that uh, Miami-Virginia Tech game because Miami has, you know, they, they lost two of their last three and many people are very concerned about that team and, and you know, not sure what they are, what they're going to do as they currently have a losing conference record. But I'll say this, in almost all of their losses, their only loss that was a no-doubter, not even close, was against Baylor. Every other loss that they've had this year has been within a two-possession game. So the the reality is that is a Miami team that is still as good as they look when they started off the season. What was it, 12-0 or 11-0, something along those lines? They're still that good. And if this Virginia Tech team sleeps, it could get ugly for them real quick. Same thing for NC State. Need to keep your guard up against a team like uh, like Virginia because this ain't this ain't the Virginia that we saw the past couple of years where it was like, oh, you can go ahead and check that W on off. This ain't Phaedra, 100%. All right, guys, we got to get up out of here, but we always look forward to you guys listening. We always appreciate you guys listening to us and look forward to the next one. So make sure you lock in as we got more hoops talking. Maybe we'll find an Alabama coach. Maybe we'll, you know, shake up the ACC, realignment talks. Who knows what will go down here? It's always it's like been a crazy start to January. I'll say that. I feel like I really am getting older because all of the greats are starting to say, you know what, I'm hanging it up. It's been, it's getting a little, it's getting a little shaky. You know, I realized I was getting older when I saw like players that I watched and loved growing up, their kids are playing now. Right. Like it's so many of their children that I'm like, and not only are their children, like with high school mixtapes, their kids are going to the NFL and NBA now. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Carlos Boozer has twins that are about to go to the league. Don't 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 remind me. Yeah. What do you mean Marvin Harrison Jr. is about to be a top pick? <laughs> Not you, ready for it. Not ready for it at all. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Like life life goes on. I who who knew? But. LeBron has a son in college and another one about to go? Listen, our girl Zuri is gonna be in high school before we know it, you know. Oh, Here oh. we are. Here we are. Guys, make sure you come back. We always look forward to you. Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.